0: Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after-work, happy hour conversation with your best friend. You up like, hello. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming Good Up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. People and welcome back. So I want to thank you guys for joining me again on your beautiful Monday morning. You guys are heading to work or from work or on your lunch break or at your desk, listening to my podcast and getting paid with a government money. You go, boo boo. Anyway, <laughs> this week is another lighthearted, not really lighthearted, but we're taking it a bit easier on the super um, you know, family trauma-esque episodes. And this week we are talking about something that once again is near and dear to my heart. And it is basically the life of of plus-size men and women. This has been a big topic of conversation the last couple of days on social media. For those of you who are active on Twitter and on Facebook too, I've seen it, um, Plus size women have been a big topic of discussion, especially as it pertains to my good sis Lizzo and some comments that have made been made about her in recent days. So I brought on a guest for this episode who is one of the only people that I trust with this topic, but also just, you know, my, my sister for life, somebody I talk to every day regardless. Um, and I'm going to allow her to introduce herself to you guys.
1: Oh, you trust me. It's here. Oh, my God. Well, hello, beautiful people. It is none other than Queen Audrey. And if you know me from St. Thomas, you know, I'm the former Miss Large and in Charge, former radio host for um, Radio One, and just your all-around, you know, go-to girl. If you got something to say, I know how to write it. How y'all doing?
0: So... We are going to be talking about a lot of the complexities of being plus size a lot of the things that we experience just a number of things throughout this episode and I want to give a disclaimer a lot of times people listen to podcasts or read blogs or you know take in content in search of what they feel will resonate with them and For a lot of you, I know that you are smaller bodied more average bodied. And you might think, you know, maybe I'll skip this episode, this one in for me. No, sit your listen. ass right there
1: Just and listen to playing. what we
0: have to say. Because it's important for you to listen to other people's perspectives. But also, I know for a fact that if you're not plus size, you know somebody who is. And this episode is important for you to listen to. So let's kick things off. Um, Audrey, the first question I want to ask you and the first topic I want to dive into is the word fat. What does the word fat mean to you? Uh, Is it something you use to address yourself? Do you have a positive or negative um, connotation with it?
1: Well, fat for me is very neutral, like super, super neutral. I use it to describe myself because let's face it, if you have, if you're over the BMI scale of a certain weight, then you're fat. I mean, that's just an empirical statement. You're fat. And for me, I know I'm fat. I'm fat. I have fat. It's, It's something that... I've always had to live with, but it's 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 also something that I've learned to redefine. And fat is just it's a descriptive word. You know how they say words only have value if you give it value. I've learned to take the value off of the word fat, and it's just for me. It's just descriptive. It doesn't hold any value to make me lose my mind about it. You call me fat today, I'll be like, okay, so what? Uh, okay, hey, fat.
0: Next. I'm still don't eat this donut. Same. I am on the same boat. Um, it used to have a negative connotation, connotation for me. Of course, when I was younger, um, you know, kids and, and even all through high school, back then, before the world was a little more woke, fat was definitely used as an insult. And now I kind of use it as, like you said, it's, it's just a descriptor for me. It's just a word that I use. I don't tie any negativity to it. And I don't. Um, you know, look too deep into it. So I do openly refer to myself as either a plus size woman or a fat woman. And I have some people that that are uncomfortable <laughs> with me even using the word. Does that happen to you? Like people get uh, defensive for you or like try to protect you from using a word towards yourself?
1: And you know what? People have done it. And I think it's just a common mechanism for people in response to it because nobody has really taught people how to address the word fat it's either been you're fat you're overweight you're fat you're ugly you're it's always been some negative connotation and nobody has actually sat down and said maybe we need to really teach people how to use the word fat because now people associate when someone says yeah i'm fat it's automatically oh don't say you're fat you're beautiful. Which part of the conversation Audrey said she was ugly? All I said was I'm fat, and it's, it, there's this 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 apologetic nature that people have,
0: and when you use the word fat, they want to change it for you. Nah, no need to change the definition, me. I said what I said. Um, yeah, I, I I definitely that's my whole mentality about it. I started using the word fat to describe myself a couple of years ago, just just to kind of mentally coach myself into not tying the word with an insult. Um, and because a lot of people in the body positive community use the word fat openly to describe people who are fat. And I noticed a lot of people will be like, no man, Jay, you ain't fat. You're thick. No man, Jay, you're not fat. You're beautiful. And it's like, no mama, like I'm that's fat. Not, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually am fat. But it's not anything I feel negative about. It's not an insult. I'm not saying I'm ugly. I'm not saying I'm unattractive. I'm not saying I'm undesirable. I'm just saying I'm fat. I'm
1: fat. That's it. That's the the, the what you call it. That's the long and short of it. Clean and dry. That's it. Just one statement.
0: And to each his or her own. Some people still don't like the word. And that's totally okay. It's entirely about preference. But -hmm. just know that when somebody refers to themselves as fat don't read more into it don't make it a loaded word don't say no man you're beautiful because fat is not the opposite of, so beautiful.
1: of beautiful it i think that a lot of people think that like if you're fat then you're not beautiful and now we have to like unpack that where did that notion come from how did it come about and well that's a topic for another conversation you know with somebody yeah. with a a, you know, a master's or a PhD in psychology, because that's definitely a mental health question.
0: It it definitely is, but it, it's also a societal thing. It's just, it's the same thing as when people say you're beautiful for a dark-skinned girl, or you're beautiful for a black woman, or you're beautiful for this. All you're these microaggressions, good God. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot of microaggression behind it, and it has to do with what our standard of beauty and standard of attractiveness has been for such a long time. It's skinny, it's very European, it's it's basically blonde, blue-eyed, and anything that sort of falls outside of that standard is not typical or not considered beautiful. So fat is just another one of those things that, that falls into that very category. complicated category. <sighs> We're going to fix it, though. By hook or yeah. By crook. Yeah. So I guess my next question for you is, how has, has being fat or being in this plus size category affected your life negatively if it ever did? Like what are some things that you noticed um you I don't want to say couldn't do because you and I have never been the type of women to take no as an answer, but what have what difficulties have come up as a result of your living in this body?
1: Well, I've you know, I've been in this body for a good thirty-five years. Um and I've always been Fat and plus size. I have baby pictures. I've always been fat and plus size. I've been lit (laughs) since birth, so it's a thing. But not having the confidence instilled in me to be confident in my body, there's a lot of things I didn't do growing up. Like I didn't play sports. I didn't travel. There's a there was just a lot of things that I didn't do. Like I I I look back on my life and my childhood, and I have no memories of doing anything outside of reading a book and doing my studies. Like, I remember I used to, you know, in phys ed they make you run the field. I couldn't even run the field a full run without feeling like my chest was going to explode. And people always said it's because you're fat, you're overweight, you need to lose the weight. And I'm just like, there is something else wrong with me. Like, it's not just my weight. And I think the most demeaning thing that I, I've, I've had to... Indoor or, or that sticks it sticks out of the memory is in elementary school. They used to do fat te- fat checks. Like they had this awkward, uncomfortable little fat checker that was a piece of wood with a pincher on it, and the physical teacher would like pinch your fat and measure it to see how overweight you are. And it was it wasn't like it was done on the side. It was done in front of everybody, like everybody. Imagine you being young and your fat plus size phys ed teacher pulls you, measures your fat, and in front of everybody says, you're fat and overweight, you need to do some running. Like, okay, thanks for the the, the, the trauma. Who's ever going to get over that? So it's like I had to, I had. I, I always felt like I couldn't be athletic, that I couldn't do a lot of things because everybody kept saying I'm too fat for this or that. But when I shoot middle middle school, when I grew, I had a growth spurt. I got a little tall. I got a little leaner. I started doing more things. I started going out and doing like I was a part of graffiti street, um, teen jams. I was I was in so many different things for age. I got to travel a lot. I was in so many different things once I realized my weight wasn't a factor. It was the limitations that I put on myself. I was always the bigger one in the group. I was always the plus size one in the group. There's never been a moment where I wasn't that person altogether until I got a few more fat friends. Thank you, fat friends. Um, and I realized, okay, it's okay for me to live in my space, to take up space in this body because it's all I got. And I just took that and kept running with it.
0: I think that's what people need to realize when it comes to the plus size experience. It's not that we're sitting here crying like, whoa, was me. I'm fat and I can't do anything about it. That's not it. The thing is that a lot of us have been in these bodies for as long as we can remember. And weight loss should not be a factor in the things I'm allowed to do, the things I'm confident in doing the way people treat me, my humanity, basically. I have a similar experience in terms of feeling like I couldn't wear shorts because people would always make comments or look at me a certain way, feeling like certain clothes were not made for me, feeling like, you know, I have this one tiny section in an entire store where other average bodied girls can go shop for clothes, And find things they're looking for. It's like clothes were not made with people who look like me and mine, although I see them everywhere in the world. Like, it's not that fat people want the world to feel sorry for us because we're fat, it's that we're human beings and we're not, we don't have to do anything to change ourselves in order to be treated like human beings. Like there's no qualifier for who gets treated like a fucking person. Bad. That's my basic, just that's what I want the world to understand when it comes to life experiences <laughs> and being fat.
1: Yeah. My way should, your way should not be a prerequisite for how people treat you in the world. And it, exactly. it's, it's the worst thing that people, when they see you, they see they they judge your capacity by your weight. Like, homie, I can bench press like two hundred and fifty pounds. You never know that. Just by looking at you think I'm fat, I can't do a lot. All that needs to just take a backburn. And we need to understand that people are capable of things despite
0: our perceptions of how they look in their body. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's it's just such an interesting conversation that I've seen. Um and that's, you know, why I mentioned Lizzo earlier. For those of you who don't know, in recent days, a fitness trainer named Jillian Michaels, which it made me so sad because I used to actually watch Jillian Michaels videos back in the day. But Jillian Michaels basically made comments about Lizzo's weight and said that although she likes Lizzo's music, she isn't out here saying, oh my God, I'm so glad she's fat. So basically she's saying that Lizzo's weight should not be quote unquote celebrated because she's at risk for things like diabetes and all these other things. And, you know, if you're plus size, if you live in these bodies, you know, you've heard it a million, a million times. So the comments did cause some outrage. There was some debate online, which there always is when it comes to plus size people, especially plus size women, especially, especially black plus size women. So. You know, it's been a big topic of discussion and people are on one side of the spectrum or the other. On one side, people just actually there's like three arguments that I'm seeing. Oh lord. Yeah. On one side, at the very root, people want people to respect the humanity of human beings. It's that that, it's simple. that simple. On the other side, there's comments of, "Oh, but Lizzo's so confident and she's body positive and she's this and she's that. And she performs these high energy shows and y'all can't do that. And and I get it. You want to defend someone in a plus size body. Good for you. We'll talk about that in a bit. And then there's the people who are the health nuts, the sudden MDs and, and PhDs in weight loss who yeah. are sudden, yeah, the scientists who are suddenly so worried about people's biological ongoings and are worried about Lizzo's health and about plus size people's health and are saying that we are glorifying obesity and we're glorifying unhealthiness. Right. Mm -hmm. So Audrey, the first thing I'm going to ask you is the three things that I just named. What side of, of what side of that argument would you be on?
1: I would probably take, there's two sides I'll probably take, not just, not just one, but there's probably two. You know, let humans be humans, right? And then actually I'll probably just say let humans be humans because this is a, this is a very convoluted conversation. Whenever I hear Jillian Michaels, I always side eye her because Jillian Michaels was team fat girl. That's a little thing that she doesn't like to talk about, but she was team fat girl. Now, whether or not she loved herself so much to lose the weight or she hated herself so much to lose the weight, those are questions that are yet to be answered. So whenever she speaks on somebody's weight, I I can't take her seriously because you don't know where she's coming from. She says she's coming from a place of love. But honey, you make your money off of shaming fat people. Point blank, period. You lost the weight because of how you felt like whether she was shamed or because of how if because of how you felt you can't she she should not be in a position to discredit anybody for their weight she made her choice she should not be speaking on anybody else's choice and you notice the only people she goes after are fat people Jillian don't go after skinny folk Because part of her is very self-hating. The little fat girl inside of her that still lives, she doesn't like that little fat girl. Now, Jillian Michaels, if you're listening, you can call me and we can have a conversation because, sis, I'm tired of your nonsense. You were a part of Team Fat Girl, and now you have an issue with people celebrating the body that you once had. So you need to, let's talk. Come to the table. I'm ready. It's just one of those things. I get it. She is... A fitness trainer she's a personal fitness trainer so she's going to speak on the aspect of what she is proficient in but as a trainer she misses the mark every single time when it comes to the heart and personality of a person she doesn't understand the psyche of a person so she just wants she needs to take several seats and let Lizzo be like just just sit down go find somebody else to bother
0: I am definitely right there with you because I have my own, my thoughts and feelings when it comes to personal trainers and my own negative experiences when it comes to a lot of them. And also in terms of this Lizzo argument, and I saw, I'm going to give credit and I can't remember, unfortunately cannot remember the Twitter user who said this, but giving credit where it's due. When this whole argument happened, it was Feminista Jones. I'm sorry. That's who it was.
1: Feminista Jones, shout out to you.
0: And she's an Aries, my Aries sister. Anyways, mm. when this when this whole argument happened, she made a very valid point, which she said, I know a lot of you want to be allies to fat people and to s- defend us by saying, oh, well, this person is fat, but they can perform a high energy show. Oh, this person is fat, but what? they're more confident than a lot of you people. And well, at the very this basis- exactly. And, but also her argument is at the very base of this entire thing, we should be defending someone's humanity because there are so many people who live in fat bodies who are not body positive, who aren't confident, who don't feel good about themselves, who have not made those journeys because it's a long cycle of self hate and something they've been taught to do. So It's not just about, oh, I'm, you know, I'm fat, but I'm confident and I feel good and I love this body. We also have to be allies to the people who don't love their bodies, who don't feel good about their fatness. And we have to be allies to the people who do have things like diabetes, who do have things like high blood pressure and, and other health issues. Why? Because the minute we start to say, oh, you know, you can be fat and not have any health issues then you make it okay for people to attack the humanity of people who might be fat and have, ha- have health issues as well. And at the very basis, it's like, look, it doesn't matter which boxes they can check. It doesn't matter what their qualifications are. At the end of the day, just because someone lives in a fat body does not mean that you get to decide how the world treats this person. So, when it comes to Lizzo, um, I feel very strongly about her about the criticism that's surrounding her, and I know some people you know let me let me be straight. this is not specifically regarding basketball game situation i I know everyone has different opinions on that, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with her size directly um but just in terms of Lizzo, I'm very protective over her and women like her because when it comes to mainstream artists in the last decade or so, we have not had somebody who is this openly visible with her body in the mainstream to my, you know, memory. I know, you know, when you and I talked about it before, you mentioned Missy Elliott, and I was telling you, you know, Missy does count, but Missy has always, for the large part, of her career covered her body. Um, and then we have other actresses and things like that. But in terms of somebody who's just straight up out here and unapologetically just loud out there, posts nude photos, you know, just does her. Lizzo has been the first one that I've seen. So it's like all of this criticism and conversation about her body and the, the, the way that it's happening so often, it pisses me off because it's like, when do y'all ever have conversations about the health and welfare of average-bodied women and what makes you so sure that average-bodied women are healthy.
1: Listen, there are a lot of average-bodied women walking around with hypertension, walking around with diabetes, walking around with early signs of stroke and heart disease and all kind of other things. And it's not attributed to their weight. It's attributed to their diet, what they eat, how they exercise, how they maintain themselves, the amount of stress that they go through. And these are things that they don't want to talk about because everybody says your weight is a number one factor to getting these things. That's not the case. Just like, you know, we have people who get lung cancer and never smoke a day in their life. There are anomalies to situations. and If, if people would spend more time really getting to the root of a lot of these diseases and stop throwing it on weight, I would sleep better at night, just a little bit better. But it, it's, one, it's, it's one of those things that, again, The conversations are uncomfortable and people just don't want to have them. They rather live in their oblivious ignorance than to relearn the things that they've learned all the time. Like Lizzo is dope. She's really dope. But I personally, I understand why it took 10 years well okay i don't understand why it took 10 years for somebody in our like who's plus size to get to where they are because there's a lot of talented plus size people out there but i understand why now she's a big thing and as unpopular as the opinion is i'ma say she's popular because she is a fat girl and that's just a thing over the past um Within the past, the 2000s, within this decade, we are we're in what you call the third wave of the body positive movement. We're in the third wave of it. And within the past 10 years, that wave intensified. And the plus body, body positive movement became really, really huge. I mean, you have pretty big dancers. Akira, you're fabulous. I love you so much. I'm coming back to class. Don't judge me. Um, like you, you had the pretty big dancers and they did their Lane Bryant, um, commercial stint and they moved on to other things, but it took them a while to get to where they are. And it's, it's movements like that, that got Lizzo to where she is, because if you are a marketing CEO for a record company or a marketing company or whatever kind of company, if you want your product to sell, you're going to ride the wave. Like you would be an idiot not to ride the wave the wave. Now this is not to discount that Lizzo isn't a dope musician because she is a musician she understands music theory, she can read music and she plays a very flawless flute she's an amazing flautist she's an amazing artist she has dope visuals she, she's just all around epic but if it was just her talent to get her where she is, it wouldn't have taken her 8 years to get here because she brought something to the table that nobody else brought it should have never taken her eight years to get where she is so people have to understand like people also use plus size people as a gimmick like they're the companies are riding a wave they may not tell her that to her face but i'm pretty sure in those big meetings when they want to talk about marketing and how they're going to get more revenue generated off her sales they're going to push that
0: And just so you guys know, just so you guys know, Audrey and I are not talking out our ass here. Both Audrey and I are communications professionals with years of experience in this industry. So we literally know what we're talking about when we say, or when Audrey specifically says that companies are riding waves. Um, And again, nobody is negating Lizzo's talent. Nobody is negating um, women like Tabria Majors or... Um, models like Tess Holiday or anything like that. There are probably some companies who genuinely want to promote inclusivity and want to, you know, be better in terms of diversity, equity, and cl- and inclusion, yeah. and want yep. to be better at body positivity. But the there Black are those who are right this wave. Yeah, the vast majority of these companies are still headed and controlled and marketed by straight white men. Mm, so if you mm. think that seeing plus size women in the forefront now and in the mainstream is this new thing and that the world is heading in this you know new super positive direction, it might be, but I'm not confident with Lizzo being the token fat girl. I don't want her out there alone. I want it to be normal to see women as fat as Lizzo, to see women as dark as Lupita Nyong'o, to see trans women and, you know, gay men and just all of these different things that are sh- or should be included in diversity. When I see all of that and I feel like it's well-rounded and I feel like I can literally scroll Netflix and, well, Netflix is doing a good job with this, but yeah, they can do better. But, sure. you know, when I feel like I can literally point out multiple people in these industries who fit those categories, then I will feel like we are really moving in a direction Our where head. we're inclusive.
1: Where we're making strides. And and I really, and, and that's something that I want. Like, I I go hard when it comes to speaking confidence and speaking positivity over who you are as a person. And I don't just do it for plus size, although that is my passion. Shout out to my voluptuous sisters, five years and counting in doing my coaching. That That's where my heart lies. But I do it for other people who are doing other things because people need to be confident in who they are, regardless of their situation. And it, it's taking a very long time for the entertainment industry to get on board they're still paying female actors way less than male actors and let's be honest some of these women drive these movies they really really do they they, they, we still have this unequal wage gap in a lot of things and when it comes to being plus size it hits you even harder because people put a value on your on, on what you can do based on your size and it's not fair that we only have one person to look up to when there are a bunch of dope artists out there. Like, if you have ev- ever listen to Tank and the Bangers, shout out to New Orleans. Tank and the Bangers is lit. Their they're two lead singers are plus size. I want to see them more on the mainstream. They need to be sharing the same stages. Now, we still have Jill Scott. But, I mean, Auntie Jill, I'm going to need for you to come out with a new album so, you know, so my soul can be
0: set right. Yeah. But we, we don't we, have, we don't
1: have enough.
0: Yeah, we have some people we can name. You know, Beyonce has her plus-size dancers. She's always had black plus-size women as her background singers. Rihanna is, is changing the lingerie game with having models who are disabled, trans, plus-size, bald, pregnant. Like, Rihanna just out here, like, you want to be on the runway? Go ahead, mama. Go ahead, like, yeah. She's doing a damn thing. We have some actresses who are plus size. We've had some more plus size leads and things, but the narrative has to change. There's this idea of representation of plus size women, especially in media, where we have to be the loud, you know, comic relief or if we are the the main character in a movie then the plot of the movie is about us somehow losing you know being not confident in the beginning and then losing weight and be you know freeing ourselves from this chain of 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 ugliness and being the ugly duckling and then some fine average bodied man see us as worthy and oh my god thank you jesus and then that's always the fucking plot and it's getting or
1: or we always play the mama or the sassy auntie, or the person in the cafeteria is always some subdued role. Shout out, shout out to Octavia Spencer, though, who has, like, so many lead roles, like, now. Shout out to Octavia Spencer, like, mama is dope. Like, she has amazing roles. And then you have, um, what's that one love from This Is Us, Right? Oh my God, her role on This Is Us is just amazing too. Her name is going to come to me at the most awkward time, but you know, the one from This Is Us. And we have- Is it the, the one who plays um
0: Kate? Yes, I think But even, even with her, and I love her role on This Is Us and I love her as an actress, but Kate's story, no matter how much it transforms and changes, now she's a, on the show, she's a mother. It's still about her weight. At mm. the end of the day, it still comes back to the fact that she cannot possibly be happy because- her weight because she's fat because she's living in a fat body and that's the thing I get that that's a relatable story for a lot of us and we're going to touch on that soon this perpetual state of unhappiness because of our bodies but it doesn't have to be the reflection of who we are in every single piece of media this is very true because fat women surprise guys you ready for this hold on to your seats we have sex man we have good sex too
1: yes it's 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 nice and comfortable and cushy and plushy sex.
0: <laughs> we have sex. We, we we have sex. We are mothers. We are educated. We have jobs. We have social lives. We have complex life traumas that have absolutely nothing to do with our size. Mm-hmm. We have we travel, bitch. We travel. Yes, and we might take up two seats
1: on an airplane too. Tell me something about it, okay? But bitch, we go and we, we made going. it. We gonna like, buy that seat that seatbelt extender, and we going.
0: Like so many other things happen to and with plus size women, and we're involved in so much else that it's tiring for me to turn on a Netflix movie and. You know, I see everybody talking about it on Twitter, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'll check this movie out. And lo and behold, the fat sidekick enters, and I'm just like, let me guess, she's funny.
1: She's funny, or she's loud, and she crass, and you know, she always gives you truth, but with with this incendiary
0: wit that only yeah. the fat sidekick can give you. Or or she's nerdy, and no men pay attention to her at any point in the movie, but the main character, you know, gets the love of her life, like i'm tired i am so tired because it's hard enough and this is where the the intersection and the difficulty comes in with being a black woman who's fat we already don't see ourselves because we're black Mm. add to that i'm afro latina we definitely definitely don't don't see see ourselves
1: ourselves nowhere (laughs) we we still fighting for y'all to get a seat at this table
0: Exactly. Like a so, real seat
1: at the table, not the, the seat in the corner close to the table, but you still can't read the menu.
0: Okay, Tyler Perry, if, if <laughs> mean at the table, in a table, in anyway, a table. I'll do another episode about your ass later. <laughs> but seriously, like there's so much difficulty to be had already with with finding representation as black women. But so many black women live in bodies that could be considered plus size. So when we're extra just excluded from this whole narrative, from media, from carnival advertisements, from Mm. movies, from music, it's, it's frustrating. And then people, the only response you telling me with all of these things that I've just named, your only response for me is, Oh, well you're at risk for diabetes, bitch. So are are you? You? <laughs> <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a Coke. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of people. You know what else I'm at risk for? I could walk outside right now and get hit by a no fucking car. Like. Uh, you you know, you, you
1: you step out the house, you're in a happy-go-lucky mood, one inch off the curb, and bam. Bra!
0: <laughs> like, I just, I want people to understand that your pseudo-concern for my health and my well-being is baseless. You don't actually give a fuck. Even if you are a physical trainer, a health guru, you don't. Actually, give a fuck. And here's why the health industry is a billion dollar industry. You don't make money off of fat people. You make money off of miserable, unhappy people who have no confidence and who are perpetually dissatisfied with their bodies and believe that they have to get to a certain level in order to love themselves. That's where you're making your money. Oh, Lord. I just caught the spirit for a second. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. It's not my fat, baby. It's Hallelujah. not my fat that's making you money. Like Because if it was, then only fat people would be the people that you're promoting. You would only promote fat bodies. Yo,
1: shout out to um, Troja Irby Morgan um she wrote a book called fat my fat is not a flaw I met her in I want to say like 2014 shout out to you Troja she actually wrote a book based on her experiences of being a fat girl and how she felt and writing fat was her fat is not a flaw kind of it changes the trajectory of how she saw herself and how she showed up in the world and Troja is dope so if you have a chance you like you need to find her and like shout her out because listen I I I, I'm starting to tell people how other people see how other people see you and perceive you in this world is none of your goddamn business it is none of your business
0: it's all about you
1: let them keep their opinions and their thoughts of you if they want to tell you just be like ain't none of my concern and keep it moving
0: and here's here's why this is important here's why what Audrey is saying is so important The reason you literally have to find your way to break out of this care or this obsession with what what other people think and how they feel about you and your body and, and how you look and how you think and what you do is because your subconscious and your internal thoughts about yourself will be a battle that you fight for the rest of your life. Don't let Mm -hmm. anybody come in front of you and tell you that they're confident 100% of the time or that they've been saved and delivered from the constant fight of finding self-love. Even the most confident person in the world, the most qualified person, the most beautiful person, I promise you Beyonce still looks in the mirror sometimes and sees something she doesn't like. There is sense. no finish line when it comes to self-love and when it comes to confidence. So stop thinking that it, if a fat woman loses weight, including if this fat woman is you, stop thinking that if you lose weight and you get abs and you get a cinched waist and a nice boobs and all this, that you're somehow going to love yourself more.
1: Because you're not. You're probably going to hate yourself because your mental image it's still of that woman that you did not learn to appreciate and to love. The woman exactly. you are is not the body. The woman you are is everything inside the body. And exactly. there's no way you are going to be completely happy unless you you fix what's in your head first. And it's, it's one of those things. It's a long, hard, enduring un- process. Yeah. But you got to go do it. My
0: journey with, with self-love really began and i used to preach self-love all day every day especially um you know when i was doing pageantry and when my platform first really started building and becoming a thing i would be like you know what, you have to love yourself and you have to this and you have to that and i remember reading i don't know if it was in the book or if it was a statement that gabrielle union made just um in an interview or something but she basically said it's one thing when you just tell black women to love themselves And it's another thing to really take on the system that was created, the the way society is, that pushes the belief that black women are inherently unattractive. It's not as simple as saying you need to love yourself.
1: You have to you you literally have to undo the work that went into making women feel that they were unworthy of love. And these are conversations that are uncomfortable as fuck. People do it not is. want to
0: have. It is, and you know what? It it for me. It started when I started looking in a mirror, and I kind of caught myself. And the crazy part is, I was so I went to therapy in in fall of twenty eighteen. When I went to therapy, I initially went because I was processing grief over the loss of my grandmother, and I was also trying to deal with post traumatic stress and anxiety. Right none of this had anything to do with my body image, which I was also struggling with, but I did not go to therapy specifically for that. So in therapy, and I talked about this on episode three, in terms of cognitive behavioral therapy, the therapist basically teaches you how to check yourself and how to acknowledge bad thoughts right when they come, instead of allowing them to sort of like brew and manifest into something else. And You know, I'm doing my my homework, which if you've been to therapy, you know that therapists will always give you homework and assignments and things like that. I'm doing my homework for anxiety. And one day I went to go take a shower and look at myself in the mirror. And I, you know, started nitpicking. You know, I don't like the way that my breasts are so small and I have no cleavage. And I don't like this cellulite right here. I don't like the way my belly hangs like this or I have you know, bigger thighs. I, I don't like this. I don't like that. Right. And I'm not saying it out loud. I'm literally looking at myself and everybody does this. You start the shower, you go do something else. You look in the mirror and you nitpick. Mm -hmm, And I, I I caught myself. And I remember distinctly thinking, how the fuck long have you been doing this? And y'all, I know I say fuck a lot. I say fuck a lot in real life and we understand this podcast. That's just what I do. So imagine, I'm thinking in my, my subconscious says fuck way more than my real self does. (laughs) So I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, how the fuck long have you been talking to yourself like this? And it scared the shit out of me because can you imagine I am a 26 year old woman turning 27 in a few months. How long of the 26 years that I've been alive, have I stopped in front of this mirror and you take a shower, what twice a day? How long have I been stopping in the mirror and nitpicking and conditioning myself to hate the shit, this, to hate the fat woman I see in the mirror? Boom. Roll credits. That's the name of the episode. But <laughs> how long? And it, it really just blew my mind. And from that day, and I haven't had perfect days every single day since, but I have literally made an effort to instead, when I go in front of the mirror, even if I feel like I'm lying to myself, just straight up gas. Compliments only, Mama. you look real nice. Like, listen, boy, yeah, ninety three. I'm pump is. seven. <laughs> gas it up, honey. Gas it up. <laughs> straight gas. Like, I had to start doing it because I was like, no, I'm tired. This battle has been one I have been fighting for so long. Whether it's I going to lose weight, I going to start exercising today and go hard for like three months and I going to lose all of this weight and then I going to love myself. No. Nah. I was tired and I'm still tired. Because even when I get to a moment where I where I feel an ounce of confidence and I feel okay with myself, I go on the internet and I and they're fucking arguing about fucking people. <laughs> like you can't get a break. Like there's no break. Like None.
1: Why do we give so much up? Like why do you care about people and their fat? Listen, if they die, you're not going in the grave with them. You probably don't even know them. You You're not even gonna cry over them it's just it's just one of those things where just just leave them alone let them exist in peace like live your life you probably have some things that you need to get fixed like you know your man cheating on you or you cheating on you, your girlfriend and all kind of random
0: things or you know your baby daddy reading and your baby daddy all kind of stuff that you need to work on on your own and if you listen to the last episode, you know a lot how you to <laughs> <the right>, <laughs> Like <laughs>
1: so, y'all know y'all in some mess. Y'all might want to, you know, tend to your own grass before you go tend to, to, to the grass on the other side. Because trust me, mama fat plus size and she's sunbathing in the green grass that she done cultivate and grow her own.
0: Leave her alone. Like, how many people are just confined to their fatness because of this? It's it's sickening to think about. And it's not just, you know, the standard overweight or standard what we think is a fat body. There are women who are so conditioned to believe that society has an ideal body for them, that even though I would look at them and see an average body, they look at themselves and see fat. And they think that that's so inherently negative that they can't possibly love themselves. There are women who who still have sex with the lights off, who don't want their men to see their bodies, who don't even want to have sex lives and explore their sexuality because they feel like their fat is something that hinders them from being inherently sexy or sexual. Mm-hmm. Well, Mama, you're you know, missing out. Go have sex, please.
1: Shameless disclaimer. I have sex with the lights off because when you're sex with the light on, it get too damn hot. Me, a time for that.
0: Turn them shit off. <laughs> turn them off. I mean, I, I, I don't have a preference, but I just, you know. it get just way too hot. Like,
1: I, 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 don't I barely even keep my TV on because I feel all that heat just coming and I, I no, I can't. I, <laughs> mm, 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 turn it <laughs> off. I, I but. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is true like people want to hide they hide themselves so much because everybody is always telling them how they should look and what they think they should look like oh and here's here's my biggest pet peeve my flower of all and i wish y'all skinny people would stop dressing fat people people always tell fat people what they think they will look good in bitch you're skinny you can't tell a fat person what she gonna look good in I don't care how many people you've styled or what kind of credits you get behind your name. Unless you have a frame of reference, like you've been styling fat people all your life and you understand the the apple shapes, the triangle shapes, the hourglass shapes, the, the, the complex shapes. Because some people actually have both shapes on top of each other. Unless you've been doing it where you know all it is, you don't need to be telling no fat person how she should dress. Because some of y'all don't look good either let's just yeah. keep it real there
0: and even then even if you think a person will look good in what they're wearing mind your business, business. My my I cannot business. tell you the amount of people who when I started wearing there was a, a I don't know if this was this was probably like 2011 2010-2011 when bodycon skirts really became a part of, of style it was a thing it was a trend and I wanted to wear bodycon skirts too. I had some nice thighs. I believe firmly, and I don't care if you think I'm egotistical, go ahead. I have a phenomenal ass. And it looked really good in bodycon skirts. So I wanted to wear them. And people would be like, You sure you want to wear that, Jay? That's the shit I hate the most. You sure you want to wear that, Jay? Do you not like, see me yes. put it I'm on?
1: Wear I put it on, did I not?
0: You think after I huff and puffed again, this thing <laughs> going not? <laughs> <Like, sighs> right. <sighs> And, it, and it's not because it didn't fit. It's just because I don't get out of breath doing a lot <laughs> of things. But just people would. And, and you know, and again, y'all, I know I'll, I'm going to mention my family again. Everybody thinks that I just come on here to drag my family. It's okay. But, you know, my sisters, for example, or my mom, they were not satisfied with their own bodies. Because, again, a lot of women and men, we're going to talk about men too, but a lot of us live with these Societal norms dug into our minds, so they would even though they had significantly smaller and in my opinion at the time better bodies than mine, when I would wear something, they would kinda perpetuate their or project their insecurities onto me, Jay, you sure you want to wear that? You don't want to wear a cover up, mama like you don't want to do this you and try to be real nice about it, but it would make me feel like shit, and I will never forget years later, of course, after I'm out of high school and substantially yeah substantially bigger because I am way bigger right now than I was in high school I remember I wore some I went home to visit in 2018 and Stephen was there with me and I wore some high waist shorts some jean shorts and a crop top and nothing else and I walk out and walk into the car. Let's go, mommy. Ready, you know. Hey, I ready, banner out everything. And not to say my cheeks was all like, my outfit did not look inappropriate. You just obviously could see that I have cellulite and that I'm not a skinny woman. Mm-hmm. And my mom like, mama, you don't want to wear like a, a jacket or something. And I just looked at my mother like, you know, it's 90 degrees outside. <laughs> she going <went> to. <laughs> <laughs> don't die. Don't die. <laughs> No one almost took me out. <laughs> she wanted just a sweat. Yeah. So, you know, and I know my mom is just a concerned mom and it's, it's not even her thinking that my body is inherently ugly or anything like that. My mom is more worried that other people are going to look at me a certain way. And I remember I, I didn't say anything. I just said, no, I'm not gonna wear a jacket. I just casually brush it off. And Steven was like, hey, guys, I, I don't wear clothes. <laughs> and you know my mom laughed it off and everything but he, you know he he's so used to me just wearing whatever the fuck i want that he was just like no hey guys, i don't wear clothes he's like
1: a jacket nah
0: this is our usual wednesday wear we cool yeah like crop top that's what if y'all look at my instagram it is a crop, <laughs> crop top, top. and <laughs> a high waist punch yes <laughs> that's the on go-to laser that's me why? Because I have a nice waist and a nice ass and those things, et cetera, with them. We're, wear what works for you, boo-boo. But, you know, just things like that, like people questioning our outfits or sort of projecting their insecurities about fatness onto us is not a part of what complicates living in a fat body. Because mm. even on the days where you want to feel good about yourself, where you want to wear an outfit that you've been, you know, planning the whole week or you this or you that, somebody else is like, you're sure. You're positive? Like, bitch. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am positive. So here's another, um, another interesting topic in terms of living in a fat body. Mm-hmm. And I know men can who who are plus size and fat can relate to this too. Healthcare. A lot of us struggle when it comes to health care because contrary to popular belief, fat people do go to the doctor.
1: Yes. We, we do care
0: about our health.
1: We don't want to die just like the rest of you.
0: We, we exactly. want to live. So there are times, especially in my personal experience, and I know Audrey has experiences too, where fat people go to the doctor and say things like, you know, I have a headache, I have chest pain, or I'm sick, or something is going on. Like the regular average person, we go to the doctor because something feels off, not the usual, and we want help. And we receive the universal doctor-physician response to fat people. Well, you're overweight.
1: Maybe if you lose weight, you'll start to feel better. Bruh, I came in here for excessive chest pains, and you try and tell me that my weight is a factor? Like,
0: next. The amount of times that I've heard... It might be your weight, you might want to consider losing weight in response to illness. I could go to the doctor with a gunshot wound to the face. (laughs) And he gonna still say, Have you thought
1: about losing losing weight? weight, Nah, you know, the blood sleeping from my head was, you know, it kind of
0: distracted me from the fact that I I might need to lose weight. And it's common. And And women, so women listening to this. You guys know that every time we go to the doctor and we have any kind of symptom, the doctor is going to ask, when was your last period? Are you sexually active? Is there a chance that you could be pregnant?
1: Which are which are normal things, depending on what you go to the doctor
0: for? It is. Why? Because pregnancy has like 8 million symptoms. You're toe itching, you might be pregnant. Yeah, it's but- it- <laughs> so so think about it in that aspect. Think about the fact that when you go to the doctor, you're already expecting no matter what you say, they're going to ask you if there's a possibility that you're you're pregnant. Going to be
1: pregnant. Yeah.
0: When you're fat, you could go in for you you can literally say anything. The automatic response is going to be, "Well, we're going to check this out. Maybe they're going to check it out, but the first answer is you know your weight might be causing a problem. Have you considered losing weight? And here's the thing. Here's the bad part about
1: it. Fat women and pregnancy. Like, you can go to the doctor knowing that something is wrong with you, but you don't know exactly what it is because, A, we're fat, so pregnancy is not going to show up in the way that it normally does. You can go to the doctor, and the doctor is going to be like, well, um, you should consider losing weight, when all of a sudden you're carrying a little human in your body, and it goes undetected for how long and then they're gonna be like well why didn't you come to us sooner because your doctor said it was only my weight that's the kind of stuff that's a reality
0: that we have to face doctors see our weight first and not our symptoms Exactly. And, and that's the thing we're not dismissing, you know, that doctors might have genuine concern about weight loss because that's always going to be the advice. If you're a certain size for your height, your bones and joints will, you know, thank you for it. Eventually you're, you're at a lower risk for health issues like heart disease and diabetes and stuff like that. However, just because of my size that like my size should not stop you from doing what you would normally do if this were a skinnier patient in front of you with the same concerns that I have what well, if it was a man um, in front of you with the same concerns exactly because a lot of times women have to deal with even more especially black women we are mm. underdiagnosed and we receive a lower quality of care than anybody else so you know it, again, back to that intersectionality of being a fat woman and being black. That makes it that much more difficult to seek help and to seek allies in every facet of our lives, even down to healthcare. Um, I was telling Audrey, yes, what, what was it, yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. yeah. Yesterday, I was telling Audrey that, you know, I have had a serious issue with my spine for the past decade. But when I first went to the doctor about it, and I was in debilitating pain, like really bad, bent over, just could not function because of how bad my back was hurting me. And the first orthopedist I went to, from the get-go when I told him and described my pain, basically attributed to my weight and my height. And didn't even want to schedule an MRI, didn't want to take it any further. He did an x-ray begrudgingly, did not even want to do it. And then told my mother that my back pain was probably the cause of like indigestion and my diet. And, you know, my mom is a mother, but at the same time, this is an orthopedist. This is a specialist telling her that this is all it is. Years later, I still, you know, I'm functioning with this pain. And one day I'm at home feeding my dogs. I bend over, try to feed my dog. And I feel this sharp pain go up my spine. So I go lay down. And when I wake up from the nap that I had to take because of how much pain I was in, I could not sit up. I could not move. I basically had lost mobility from my waist down because of how much pain I was in. So when I finally went to another orthopedist, this time it was a woman. And the minute she didn't even take any scans, nothing the minute i described my pain and this was pain that i had been having for years she said this is the problem you you have a herniated disc this is what's happening this is what's causing the pain for me to have suffered for years with something that another doctor could have seen if he had really been listening past my size and I could have been in physical therapy from the get-go.
1: Mm-hmm. But I
0: had to wait years for somebody to not look at me as a fat woman and look at me as a patient, as a human being.
1: Shout out to all the female doctors that do their thing. Yes. Like, you're the reason why those of us who are plus size, that we actually go to the doctor. Like, growing up at home, my, my mother was a nurse. So, we're, I was always around healthcare, So, I knew how to take care of myself For vast majority of my life but you know i hit that milestone i turned 35 i said let me go get a checkup the first now when i made my schedule i was like i want to see a female doctor i made my reservation to see the doctor for a female doctor they ended up sending me to a guy now he's an older guy and you know you walk in there with hopes like the person like he's going to see you as a person i came in i told him this is what i wanted this is why I'm here. And the first thing he said is, well, you're overweight. You need to lose weight. And I'm just sitting here like, dude, I just want a check up. I just want blood work. I just want to know that I don't have diabetes. I don't have, you know, the, I'm not, what's that word they use? I'm not at predisposition for any kind of diseases. I want to know I can walk out here and not have to see you for another six months. That's all I wanted. But he was so harped on my weight. And I was just like, you know what, let me just get through this. When I went back from my follow-up, I had to see a woman doctor. She took a look at my chart. She asked me some more follow-up questions. She asked me more questions after that. And she was like, okay, this is what I need from you. Whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. I mean, I had to, I get prodded with so many needles within a few months. I was like, I'm done with doctors. This needle thing sucks. This is ghetto. But she found a problem with my heart. She found a dysarrhythmia. And that's not something that was ever noticed before. She was like, "This isn't normal. I'm gonna have to sing into a cardiologist." I'm still seeing the cardiologist, but I went in with the cardiologist, and <clears throat> he's on the same thing. You need to lose weight. If you lose weight, this and this gonna happen. And I understand as a cardiologist, his concern is for me not to have visceral fat around my heart. His concern is that my arteries have a good flow. There's a good airway that, you know, that nothing is blocking. I get it. But doctors don't seem to understand when all you want to tell somebody, especially a big person, is you need to lose weight. We don't want to We want to hear you do your job. And if you are a specialist in the heart, I need you to tell me how my veins are working, how my blood is pumping, the size of my... Don't harp on me about my weight. I didn't come there for that.
0: Exactly. And, and that's the thing, like... We understand what you're saying. We understand your concern. We understand that, you know, these things have to do with each other. But I need doctors to be more specific and, again, to treat me like a human being. If I have a specific issue that's being caused by my weight and that's how you want to treat it, let's do that. But when I walk into your office seeking your help, I don't need my weight to be the first thing that comes out of your mouth. Because I'm seeking your help for something. I, I, I don't think that weight is the cause of every single health issue that exists on this earth. And it's not. And I feel like that's what they, they look to. That's what they harp on. That's what they focus on.
1: It's bad. But thank God for those of us who understand how to show up for ourselves. Like, like we get it. We go for walks. Okay. Here's my health tip for all my plus size people because we do have a thing about health we understand our health and i am an advocate for healthy knees like i am the president vice president secretary treasurer of the healthy knees club because when your knees go it's a wrap mama if you can't bust it down like megan the stallion we get problems and i need all my plus size girls to know how to bust it down go for walks go for walks put something in your ear, listen to some good music and try to take 20 to 30 minutes a day and just go for a brisk walk. Cut out some of the things that we uh, look, we love to eat. We like comfort food. I love comfort food. There are certain things that if I had it in front of me right now, I'd probably eat the whole thing like Vienna cake or a whole guava tart or I mean okay, you get it, right? So just cut some of that stuff out. I'm not saying cut it all the way out, but cut it out enough where you're now making healthier eating decisions. And then just go for a 20 to 30 minute walk. That's it. That's all you need. You do that as consistently and as often as possible. You will feel better about yourself and your knees, baby. Your knees will start to thank you.
0: And then you yeah, can bust it down at
1: Megan Thee Stallion.
0: It's It's not about this constant journey of losing weight and having the an ideal body or punish punishing yourself in terms of food and, you know, it's restricting just about... your diet entirely. It's about maintaining a lifestyle that will keep you here on earth and with us and healthy and feeling good. A lot for as, long longer. as possible. It's just about making healthier decisions, a healthier exactly. lifestyle.
1: And the first and foremost thing it is, is if you need to see a therapist, Go get one. Stop hesitating. If you cannot afford one, there are resources out there for you to seek professional mental health help. Because we have to start re-engineering how we see ourselves in our bodies so we can start showing up and occupying the space that we are meant to occupy. Because, honey, when I walk into a room, you see me, you feel me, I am there. You can't miss me. Even exactly. when I'm in
0: sweats. Exactly. That's, that's literally the gist of it. That's all I want for fat women and fat men and fat men, and fat men. Yeah, so men, y'all yes. have not been addressed in, on this podcast as well as I would like, because again, I'm, I'm a, we're both women. We can't speak from a male perspective, but men as well. Y'all are heavily disregarded as we saw, even with this podcast episode. We didn't mean it. Yeah, we didn't mean it. Of course, we have good intentions, but y'all are heavily excluded from the fat conversation and the body positivity conversation. There are most men, as a matter of fact, the average man, the average person can be considered plus size or overweight. So there are a lot of men who are living in these fat bodies who see a fat man in the mirror and who aren't you know, okay with themselves because they feel like they have to meet this specific standard of, of beauty, of attractiveness for them. You have to have the abs, you have to have the muscles, you have to look a certain way. This applies to you too. You have to find a way to be okay with yourself because the world, you need to stop allowing the world to dictate what your standard of beauty for yourself is.
1: Mm-hmm. set your own standards set your own bar like there are some of us who know that we're at an unhealthy weight we're noticing that things are going wrong with our body like you can feel when you have a dysarrhythmia sometimes and if you're feeling like your heart is palpitating in a in a rhythm that is unnatural that's a sign that you have a problem if your joints starting to hurt you a whole lot more than they should or if you can't walk up the stairs at the pace that you used to you're more out of breath and here's my favorite thing that i noticed like if you start eating like a whole lot of carbs and you feel yourself bloat because you can feel the bloat that's when you need to start making healthier decisions to to get to build your own standard not because society wants you but because your life is telling you hey i you you need to stay on this earth a little bit longer. You might want to rethink how you're treating your
0: body. Yeah, and and again, that's entirely a personal choice. It's entirely up to you. You have agency over yourself, over your body, over how you feel, over who you are, over how you look. It's yours. If there's anything that I could leave with the people who are listening to this podcast, it's that idea of agency. That idea of... Minding your own body and letting everybody else live in theirs because you have no idea when you see a person, what type of shoes they're walking in and how long they've been walking in them. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what their journey is. So you're hearing from two women who have lived in fat bodies for the vast majority of their lives and who are telling you it's difficult when I go to the doctor, they don't listen to me. My relationship life and dating life has been difficult because for a lot of it, men have not seen me as attractive. Or if they did, they they didn't want to admit publicly that they saw me as attractive. Mm. It's difficult because people don't believe that plus size women exist out of our weight loss stories. So you're hearing all of these different layers that fat people have to deal with. And then you're hearing the added layers that come in when fat people happen to be black. And the people who started the body positivity movement, the people who started this initial conversation about just loving yourself and being okay with who you are, were fat black women. So we owe it to them if we're really talking about solidarity when it comes to race and inclusion and all of this good stuff. We owe it to these black women to also include fat and and body positivity and and all of these things in the conversation.
1: And we really owe it to ourselves to top, stop taking ourselves so seriously or let me reiterate, we owe it to ourselves to take ourselves seriously and I know hey Isaac you you had this one final point and I love this final point was to speak about how we navigate fatness and being confident with others right and what it comes down to is you have to take yourself seriously like I take myself seriously who I am and who I show up as authentically is very very important to me and it's understanding that I am a black woman I am a Afro-Caribbean black woman because that's a whole different genre of black woman, right? I'm and I'm a plus-size Afro-Caribbean black woman. America doesn't see Afro-Caribbean women as black women for some reason. We're some subset of black people. Like we really don't exist, but yet we have blackness. And then I'm also plus-size, so having to fit into the american standard of being plus size and navigating that it's very very complex because growing up i am used to everybody especially when you get older having a little extra weight on them being plus size being confident in who they are despite having people constantly drag you down and telling you how you should feel and always making comments about your weight especially around thanksgiving and christmas press pause afro-caribbean people it is very, very confusing for you to comment on somebody's weight right before you serve a 50 course meal that includes every carb in on the menu and every meat you could find and topped off with every delicious, luscious dessert that you know how to make. Why are you telling me about being fat when you literally fatten me up like, like a Christmas goose? I'm confused. Why are you telling me
0: about being fat when you auntie, grandma, cousin, godmother, all I have been fat my whole Allah, life. Like, and this is with and this is how you feed me, right?
1: So we pre- just press pause. You know, grandmothers and aunts and and, and Caribbean women of the world, you you, you got dial yourself back because you really <laughs> you're just confusing the crap out of me. But be confident despite or in spite of all that because. You only have this one life. You only have this one body. And everything you do in this life, in this body, matters to just you. What anybody else thinks or has to say about you is none of your goddamn business.
0: I want you guys to think about it like this. What if there was a rule a long standing rule in our society that we could only go to work, run errands, um work out, cook, be productive, do everything we need to do while the sun was in a p- specific position in the sky, let's say noon. You could only do all of these things for so long as the sun is directly above you, so 1 hour a day. That's it. Once the sun moves out of there or Until the sun gets there, you can't do shit. You have to sit still. Don't even blink. Just sit on. Now, think about this idea of I gonna do this. I gonna wear this. I gonna take these pictures. I gonna go this place. I gonna date these men. I gonna put myself out there when I lose weight, when I get the perfect body, when my body looks like this, when I meet this societal standard of attractiveness. Man, you never get in there. Exactly. That's what we're doing to ourselves. We are believing everything everybody else says about fat bodies. And we are the people sitting down, sitting still, not moving, freezing, not living our lives, waiting for the sun to hit that one spot. And that's not a life to live. It's not. It's that's, that's, that's not where I want to be personally. And I know Again, like I mentioned earlier, there are women who are not in the place that I might be in, who are not in the place mentally that Audrey might be in. But please understand that it took work for us too. And I'm still working. Here. And we're still working. There are days where I feel exactly like that. Man, I need to lose weight so I can feel, especially as an influencer on social media. There are days where seeing women especially Caribbean influencers who are getting all of this love based on their bodies on their beauty and knowing that I work just as hard and that I have just as good of content and I'm not getting the same type of attention. I know that has a lot to do with how I look and with society's idea of beauty, Mm. but that's why I I don't post
1: much. Like, that's, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I pull back a lot from my posting on social media and my pushing forward for the things that I actually want to do is I know that what I look like is not as attractive, it's not a, as, as appealing as to other influencers. And it, it, it's, it's, it's that, it's that dissonance right there that I, I work on, I continuously work on, but it's something that I have to admit exists in order for me to push past it.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's a struggle every day. Some days I feel great. I feel confident. I feel beautiful. I want to post pictures. I want to post my projects and it feels good to do so. But there are some days where I see stuff like that, where, you know, somebody else might be getting recognized. And sometimes I also have to pull myself back and remember this might not have to anything to do with your weight. This might have to do with the fact that you haven't posted all week and she did like, (laughs) Yeah, like sometimes you you kind of have to ground yourself and remember that even though society kind of makes our fat the storyline, we do it to ourselves too. So it's, it's a constant struggle and a constant battle that we're fighting. So this is what I want you guys to do. We are going to address the fat woman we see in the mirror this week. And even if it's not a fat woman you see, even if it's a woman whose hair is not, you know, have uh, loose enough of a curl or or is a thin enough texture. Even if it's a woman whose skin is not clear enough, whose breasts are not big enough, whose hips are not wide enough. Even if it's a man you see in the mirror who doesn't have the abs or the, the pecs or the biceps or isn't short or isn't tall enough or I don't know what you see in the mirror. Whoever it is that you stand there roasting before you go in a shower, challenge yourself this week after listening to this podcast to say only good things to that person, to find only good things and to sort of lie to yourself and flip the bad things that you normally pick apart into good things. Do that for this week. And then even if you want to message me privately and let me know how it felt, even if you did it once, let me know how it feels and Let's see if we can actually start eradicating some of this this abusive language that we use towards ourselves. I will see you guys right back here next Monday. Thank you so much, beautiful people, and you guys have a great. Right. great... Good Up is hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Heyaiza Quinones Ivory and is a proud member of the Kickin It family. Find us on all social media platforms at Good Up Pod, use hashtag Good Up Tuesday to continue the conversation, and get access to exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash gooduppodcast.